We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Week 9. DraftKings picks by position top stacks and the play, the best plays lineup at the end. Remember to smash like for the episode. Leave your favorite cheap play down in the comment section. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network. Leave a Spotify and Apple rating and review if you're listening to this as well. And you got to play in the best tournament on DraftKings, the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Listeners League link. $15 to play, three max entry, no rake. Davis, I never see you in there. Are you afraid of rake free money or what? No, I, I, you know what? I'm going to, I'm, I'm in it this week. I will send, send, DM me the link. You're right. No, this you no, you, a, you can get the link in the description. Like everyone else. I'm not DMing you the link. You don't right. get, you don't get, get special I'll get the privilege. Link in the description. You're right though. This is just a prime example of me being lazy and not grinding the best tournaments. It, 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 there, there's really no excuse for it. It's, it's, uh, it's embarrassing on my part. Well, I don't, I mean, it is the best tournament for bang for your buck. Obviously there's no rake. It's $5,000 to the top. There's only 3000 people in it. Spots are limited. The issue is, as I found is I could have a, you know, I could have a lineup in a single entry. I could have a lineup in a three, like a normal three max in the millionaire maker. No matter what it is, the lineups in the listeners league are like good. Like there's very rarely like shitty people down there. <laughs> well, I was going to say, does it, it's, I would assume that it was worse since they listen to our shitty picks. Like yeah. I would assume, I would assume that the median lineup quality is actually worse. No, because no one actually listens to our picks. Okay. Well, that's good then. Yeah, they just like to see who we talk about. They're like, well, I'm not going to do that. So I'll okay, do something else. Okay, so I won't, be, I won't be duped. I won't be duped in this tournament is what you're saying. No I, one will dupe me. I, 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 do NFL lineups get duped outside of showdown? Does that ever happen? My third biggest NFL score ever last year was duped for uh, $22,000, I think. I was duped in the spy for, we, we tied for third with the exact same lineup. Was it just like an optimizer lineup then? 
it was Cowboys, Browns, uh, Dak Prescott, double stack, uh, uh, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper with Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, bring back. Uh, and there was like a chalk tight end that week and a chalk defense. And, and so we, we duped each other. I find that so surprising that you would match up nine for nine on either side, even if you had the same, even if you had the two chalk like cheap players at whatever position and the same stack. It just the other two one offs would feel like that they would just have to be different. I guess once you're like seven deep in roster construction, then you know, logically you there's end very up on the limited numbers. Yeah, there's a really limited number. I, I don't remember every play. I remember Ronald Jones was in the flex and he was like 2% owned or whatever. And this other person happened to have him. Was Ronald Jones playing in the late game? Because if you posted your lineup in 120K and you had someone from like the early set of games in the flex versus someone in the late set of games that you could have had in, people would be like, it's not even worth the 20 grand. All right. Well, now, now I have to go. Now I have to go investigate to see if it was. So it would have been, it was week four of the NFL last year. Um, this is going to take me a second. All right. Uh, Tampa I'll, Bay was, they were, they were in the late slate. There, there we go. So it, it was, a, it was a justifiable win there. There you go. Because it wouldn't count if you did that. You know that, right? At least that's what Twitter. It's correct. Me. No, that is correct. It doesn't count. You DraftKings actually, um, they, they take the money back. You don't get paid out. If you play a late guy, uh, if you play an early guy in the flex, it's I'm, I'm sorry, I don't make the rules, but it is the way it is. It's a tough scenes. Everyone go play in the league. If you do want to run your own projections and use the optimizer and lineup generator, go to runthesims.com slash mayo. All the tools are up there. You can get the yearly, the monthly, the weekly. There is a deal on the monthly right now. You get 25% off with code RTS. But if you go to runthesims.com slash mayo, you'll see it all on the screen in front of you. That's the overall discount page plus discounts upon discounts. Once you go up there, if you're trying to get big into draftings or any DFS right now, or even sports betting, because the player prop tool is top notch. Highly recommend that. Runthesims.com slash mayo. Let's talk stacks for the week. That's what we're starting with now, because I think that's the one thing that people really do care about. Baltimore, Minnesota, is that the game that people are going after, do you think? Um, no, I would not anticipate that being the most popular just because Minnesota has such a low team total of 21. I actually think people will do the Dallas stack because Amari Cooper is going to be so popular. And then Alberto Cuibunum looks like this week's answer to Dan Arnold as the cheap tight end that, uh, that everyone plays. And uh, I, I think that Chargers Eagles game will get uh, you know a, a little bit of traction. And then I'm very interested to see what people do with Jordan Love in in Kansas City. Well, Jordan Love is forty four hundred dollars. We're not entirely sure who's going to be a part of this receiving core. It looks like Lazard and Marcus Valdez Scantling are going to play. You give him Devonte Adams. I mean, all of a sudden, I actually think the play in the Green Bay game is just to use Aaron Jones. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Jones, he, he has this huge role. The thing, I mean, I would be very worried that the Packers game plan looks very similar to what they did to beat the Cardinals where AJ Dillon, um, you know, AJ Dillon just absolutely ate like, because he is the better, and this might even sound blasphemous, but he is the better running back, right. In terms of like, you know, just consistently gaining four yards per carry, no matter what. And 
how are you going to beat the Chiefs? I mean, the Chiefs suck anyways right now, so maybe they're not stressing about it, but I would assume it would be very similar to where it was against the Cardinals where they just, without any wide receivers, they just really played super conservative, passes near the line of scrimmage, and they just ran as much as possible. I guess the question would be, if you went with the Jordan Love stack and you saved all of that money, let's say Adams is out, because we don't know as of yet. Do you think he's going to play? Because I guess it all depends on his negative tests, right? Uh, yeah. And I, so we're recording this Thursday morning. It's 8 45 AM central time. I would imagine probably by the time people are listening to this, we will know if he has gotten a negative test yet. So like, you know, if people are listening to this Thursday afternoon, I would imagine that, you know, we'd have our, uh, our blurb on Adams, either having a positive or negative test. The thing is, do you need to save all that money this week? Like, are there enough elite options that you have to pay up for? Because it does seem like there are some pretty good one-off options that are discount prices. There are there are one-offs at basically every price point at running back and at wide receiver that are interesting. So, like, I I, I think that, don't you think the interesting Jordan Love thing is actually to not play anyone else from that game Hope Jordan Love gets 21 with like, you know, a passing touchdown to Mercedes Lewis and a rushing touchdown. And then, you know, you load up McCaffrey's back this week. Kamara. It, it, do we know? Do we know that McCaffrey's actually back this week? No, we don't. So he is he is back at practice, um, but has not been uh, he's been designated for return. But he can he can come off any time for the next three weeks now. So we don't we don't know for sure. So that's going to be a tricky spot. If you wanted to play like one of the higher end stacks, do you think that people will go back to the bills against Jacksonville just after what happened with Josh Allen last week? Like Diggs wasn't very good. Sanders put up a zero. They'll probably, if they do it, just go Beasley and Allen, but this could be the week to do Diggs, Sanders and Josh Allen. And hopefully it's the week that they score 50 points. Yeah. I mean, Josh Allen will always coal a little bit of ownership in his stacks. Well, I mean, we have Josh Allen as the second highest owned um, quarterback behind Lamar Jackson, but in terms of his wide receivers, I actually think, I mean, we say this every week, it feels like, but because of all this ownership is going to go to Tyreek, uh, you know, Diggs looks like another buy spot, but we have all of Diggs, Sanders, Beasley, and Knox as positive leverage plays. Where do you have Patrick Mahomes in terms of ownership right now? Um, we have Patrick Mahomes. Let me close out of Buffalo here real quick. My guess is we don't have him as very chalky at all. We have Mahomes at five and a half percent projected ownership. So the fourth most owned quarterback behind Allen, Lamar, and Jalen Hurts. So if you can kind of squeeze it together, it's going to be very expensive and maybe it won't work unless you have like the perfect one-offs. But I mean, the most success that I've had on DraftKings besides stacking Brady uh, so far this year, but like the past two years is just constantly playing Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, the running back, bring back and just loading my team with like the chalky, like cheap plays at all the other positions. I think you can probably get away with that this week too. If you wanted to play Aaron Jones, like if you go Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, Aaron Jones, you have around $4,000 left. I think that if you take the cheap defense, the cheap tight end, that you can still get another value running back into your lineup and then just hit that mid tier of wide receiver and you could potentially be good to go. Yeah. And you know, I mean the, the key part of what you just said is Travis Kelsey is not going to be chalk. 
Uh, he, he just really, he really is not. People are, are such visceral creatures. We all watched him on that Monday night game, you know, just get shucked to the ground by these Giants cornerbacks. He's had a couple bad games in a row. People are, are going to be jamming in on Tyreek. You know, it's just going to be truly absurd ownership on Tyreek and Amari Cooper in all of these tournaments. So uh, I, I, I think Kelsey, in terms of a one-off, and in stacks looks like pretty much the best leverage play of the week. Could you do chargers stack? I saw Herbert's dealing with a right hand injury, which does not sound great. Mike Williams has been pretty underwhelming. That does seem like a game where, especially if there are two teams that love going for it on fourth down. Now one team, the chargers is actually good at getting fourth downs. The Eagles, not so much, but you could create some pretty short fields and increase the scoring very quickly in that game. So I was thinking Charger side, that wouldn't be popular or even try to do the Eagle side. Cause everyone's just so furious with Jalen hurts. And there's probably not going to be JJ or Sega white side. There's probably not going to be regular in this game. So you could do hurts by himself. You could do hurts with Goddard. You could do hurts with Goddard and Quez Watkins or Devonta Smith. And then you have like Eckler on the comeback the other way around. Like, I think there are some pretty interesting games. I, I do want to circle back to that Baltimore game though. I mean, the team total for Minnesota down at 21, I guess so. It's not like Baltimore's defense has impressed anyone so far this year. And you could use Lamar, which everyone seems to want to do. He is most definitely the highest ceiling of any quarterback on this slate. And his options with Sammy Watkins currently not playing or not practicing. Latavius Murray hasn't returned to practice as of yet. If you wanted to put him with Hollywood Brown or Mark Andrews or Rashad Bateman, you could do like a skinny stack that way and bring back Thielen or bring back Cook or bring back Jefferson, whoever it might be. Um, I mean, I, I'm in on that because I have just really loved the idea that for the first time in his career, not only is Lamar Jackson stackable, but he is double stackable, you know, that you can use, that you can use Marquise Brown, uh, who's 6,000 on DraftKings and Mark Andrews at 5,500. And you feel that there's actually a rational chance of both of them getting there. And, you know, we really haven't seen the Ravens explosion passing game happen yet because they keep these dusty running backs keep scoring the touchdowns in close but one week where those guys all fail and those either turn into Lamar rushing touchdowns or Mark Andrews or Marquise Brown or Rashad Bateman touchdowns I mean we're talking about Lamar with legitimate you know double bonus upside if this is a really competitive game he can easily run for 100 yards and throw for 300 hollywood brown had 306 air yards against the cincinnati Bengals, and mark andrews target volume is just like stone cold right now you know he had that 44 point explosion against the colts but his his role is really strong he's going to be you know the the primary red zone guy and I, I actually think you could uh someone could reasonably argue that the ravens single game upside right now in terms of like 99th percentile outcomes is actually higher than the chiefs because they don't suck right now well i would say but they're still i would say that the bills probably have the highest scoring potential of any team on this slate if we were talking pure if everything went to the yeah. 99th percentile it's the bills that do the most scoring uh yes it, it, that that presumes you know some sort of uh, competitive game from the Jaguars. Which, I, I see. Mean, I, I don't think that you necessarily need that though. The Bills love running up the score. The Bills do love running up the score. I mean, you know, they Josh Allen ran for a touchdown with like four minutes left. Up, uh, what was it? They were up uh, twenty-one nine. to eleven or something. Yeah, they were. Like they were, that. They were, they were up, up nine, nine. So yeah. So they. Could, yeah. They, no, they could, they I, I don't. The thing is, though, is that the the pricing is uh, a little tighter when you get on the Bills guys. For example. 
Hollywood Brown at 6,000 versus Emmanuel Sanders at what was he 5,500? I mean, it's like not even close. Like Marquise Brown has he, at the 99th percentile or even 90th percentile. He's like, I don't know, 10 points better than Manny Sanders. I could actually check that in our projections real quick. If I wanted to say something mathematical instead of just guessing, but the, I, I think now you are right that Josh Allen has uh, that same insane range of outcomes. Um, uh, the same as Lamar, basically. Yeah, I think that's a game that you do want to have some exposure to in some way. Now, we don't know if James Robinson is playing. I don't necessarily know if you want to take Carlos Hyde, but he would be a starting running back who's going to catch all the play. They have no one else, so it's going to be Carlos Hyde. It might be the worst type of volume, but it'll be volume nonetheless. Agnew uh, has really pushed your boy Chenault over to the side, hasn't he? Oh, he's done, dude. We're, we're, all, on the, we're all aboard the Swagnew train for now, which is hilarious because apparently... He learned how to play wide receiver from watching YouTube videos during uh, COVID quarantine. Like he was just like a special teams, like punt returner. Um, so I don't know, but I, I, the Jaguars are, the Jaguars are, um, I mean, they're disgusting. Like I, what a, what a terrible team to have to talk about. So are, are there any, is there any stack value in some of these other games like Atlanta, New Orleans? And I guess we're presuming Taysom is playing quarterback. I think, I mean, that's what it looks like right now, right? So that's what it looks like, but Taysom is not technically cleared every stage of concussion protocol, um, which, you know, which is weird because he's been out with a concussion for almost three weeks now at this point. Um, so you would, you would think that he should be close, but you know, they went through their bye week and the saints get back last week and he was not cleared, uh, you know, by, by, I, I guess the independent neurologist. So I'm, I'm assuming that Taysom starts, but it doesn't feel like a lock at this point. And that doesn't feel like a game where I, I mean, Taysom, I actually do have interest in because he is, yeah. he's, I mean, he's hurts like, uh, in the way that you want him to score. And I don't even know if you play him with anyone else, like maybe Traquan. No, no, I don't think I don't think you stack him at all. I think you could do a bring back because I would imagine that if Taysom gets there, one of Patterson, Mike Davis, uh, you know, Sharp, Zacchaeus, Pitts gets there. Uh, but I, I do think you are kind of throwing darts on which one it is because, uh, you know, the, the Falcons offense just looks so uninspiring without Calvin Ridley. Is there a chance that this Cardinals and 49ers game becomes a shootout? Because that's not what we saw last time when Trey Lance was starting. But now we have Jimmy G. The Cardinals have had problems moving the ball on the Niners defense. They're getting healthier. No A.J. Green this week, though. DeAndre Hopkins is banged up. I don't really know what to make of that game. I do know I like Elijah Mitchell in that game against the Cardinals' bad run defense. I love I love Elijah Mitchell in that game. The problem with that game turning into a shootout is it looks right now like the the line to me is kind of saying that colt mccoy or chris streveler uh is going to be starting at quarterback for the arizona cardinals i just see no i don't think that's going to happen though it just even cliff kingsbury came out and said just like if kyler you know if kyler doesn't practice he's probably still going to play i wouldn't worry about that for i mean for sure that uh, for sure kyler will play in this game if he is physically capable of doing it I, i don't have any disagreement there but i mean i guess uh, if you are if you are feeling that way right now, you can get. Uh, I mean, Arizona is is not even listed at at some sports books. So I, I get maybe that, and maybe right now again is where we're recording Thursday morning. Maybe that indicates a a change in his status. But when I was making my picks for this pick contest that I'm in yesterday, San Francisco was favored, um, which which felt bizarre to me. Speaking of picks contest, do you? I, I don't. You where do you, you live in Missouri? Uh, do they have prize picks there? 
I think they don't. I think I, I, I would imagine that we are actually one of the last states to get all of that stuff. Like what, there are 29 states in the United States that have legalized mobile sports betting now. I would bet, uh, I would set the over-under at Missouri at like the 45th and a half state to have legalized mobile betting. Well, we have the props pool. So like it's a props pick and pool for all the viewers out there. Uh, if you just deposit at prizepicks.com, use code MMN. Although if you do Thursday night football and you use code MMNNFL uh, and you play a Thursday night football contest and Mike White throws for more than one yard in the game, you get another bonus 25 bucks. So you get the match deposit of up to 100 bucks. A deposit 100, get 200. Play a Thursday night entry, you get another 25 bucks if Mike White throws for over. You don't even need to use Mike White. But as long as he does that you get a bonus and we have the season long props contest which we've been doing where you have to play five over under props uh, on prize picks every single week between thursday and sunday players no monday night players and you put in an entry of seven dollars and eleven cents and if you go five for five you get your 10 times payout plus a bonus fifty dollars on top of it and i mean it's, it's really late in the season to you know start now and try to come back that's probably impossible but i think that we're going to do it again for the playoffs so i'd recommend everyone getting into it right now so by the time the playoffs come along you can just reset with us we'll have more prizes more bonuses i think top prize in this one is like five thousand bucks that they're giving away three thousand bucks they tried to make it higher let me ask you this when it comes to like prize pool distribution because they asked me what they wanted the payouts to be and i think that they were going to do like i think the original one was like ten thousand dollars for first 500 for second 250 for third and i was like i don't think that you know if we're going to have like five six seven hundred people in this that that's not necessarily like winning 10 grand would be awesome, but I think it'd be just better allocated. And which we ended up doing was like five, three, two, one, seven, fifty, five hundred, like top 10 kind of pays that way. What do you, what do you make? Of I that? mean, I, I think that uh, most people in, in our sphere, of course, would argue for the more balanced payouts because we all uh, sort of have this innate understanding that uh, there's really not that big of a difference between getting first and 10th in one of these contests. It's just kind of a, a couple couple bounces of the ball one way here or the other tends to determine that. So I, I'm always in favor of the flatter payouts. But I'll tell you. Going five of five in the props contest, I have yet to do it this year. I've had four or five a bunch of times, but... Props, maybe not as uh, easy as some people make them out to be. Well, yeah. I mean, if you log on to Twitter, you would assume that uh, props are, you never get limited anywhere. No one ever limits you. So there's no, you don't have to deal with any of that. The line never moves. Um, and that, and that prop betting is just simply the easiest thing you could ever do. And that all it takes is signing up for a sports betting account and, uh, and, and you just, you know, tail your, your content provider of choice. They're very hard. I mean, they're not very hard. They're much more difficult than they were three years ago before, before all these people were paying attention and touting them and betting them. Yeah. And like, even at run the Sims, we have the player prop tool. I've been taking the 10 biggest like favorites per week. And I think it's averaging like 6.7 out of 10, uh, like when you average them out. So that's been doing really well. But I mean, I don't know if that's a small sample size. I mean, it's eight weeks. What does that really tell us? I'm glad that it's 6.7 out of 10 and not 2.1 out of 10. I, I suppose that's a positive. But in, and, but that's always going to be inherently the thing with football, though, is that everything is such small sample size and nothing's consistent enough. Like you have different quarterbacks, different linemen. Like that's why I'm always kind of dubious about advanced analytics in football 
Now, when it comes to win probability, going for it, uh, going for two-point conversions, I think that stuff is pretty solid because the variables don't really change. The players change, obviously. But trying to get two yards versus punting, like you can actually track the win probability of what that's going to be. But when it comes to like right. e- even things like run defense or pass defense or coverage, like there is so much subjectivity to that to begin with because someone is actually grading it because it's not just like it's a number. Like when you look at pro football focus, like someone is watching that and giving someone a grade now they're probably the best at what they do but at the same time someone could have a bias someone could be wrong but that's baked into those numbers and when you have 11 people versus 11 people doing 11 different things and they're not always the same 22 people on the field like i don't know exactly how accurate any of this stuff can be uh well where where analytics would where i mean like where like football coaches would be like you know you don't understand is basically your point which is like you got to kind of feel it in the moment if we can get it on fourth and two or whatever from our own 39. And what the analytics people would tell you is it doesn't really, that doesn't matter if you think you can get it or if you can't, they'll just say on average for all teams that have ever done this in similar scenarios, they've been successful X percentage of the time. And that's resulted in the win probability changing you know, why, why percentage and uh, the football coaches would again be like, well, our running back, you know, whatever, like, or we don't have a good play for this or our, you know, our quarterback is not good at quarterback sneaks, or we don't want to throw, you know, we, we don't feel comfortable throwing in those scenarios. So the defense loads the box and the nerds would just tell you, you know, that's, that's literally your job as a coach is to figure out how to add the most win probability to the players you have. No, I, I agree with you on that because that thing, that that scenario, when it comes to going for fourth downs, going for two-point conversions, like in-game decision-making, I do think you can rely heavily on advanced analytics because that's all just probability. But when we're actually like talking about past defenses or particular matchups like there's so much unknown about that stuff i think that sometimes we rely on what the numbers tell us too much on that like i'm looking at it right now i'm looking at pff uh the chargers have the chargers and chiefs are the two worst run defenses in football now watching the games that tracks but if if the chiefs add melvin gordon didn't all of a sudden you're like hey let's not get at the pass or let's concentrate more on the run game that's not quantified in that number anymore because the personnel is constantly changing. That's why I find it tough to buy too much into that stuff. Oh, I don't, I don't use like any of that stuff. Like uh, the wide receiver cornerback matchups or like this team's really good against the tight end or this team's really bad against the tight end. Uh, This team has a bad run. Like I don't, I, I, I mean, honest to God, I really don't even look like I don't need, I wouldn't even know. Um, how to quantify that stuff. Like basically the things that matter to me for DFS are uh, t- like team total uh, expected volume for all of the individual players and uh, pace of play. Like pace of play is something that t- is, is really the most important, you know, like a, a bills game will have like on average, like, you know, 25 more like total plays than, you know, like a Cleveland Browns game and that stuff really matters. But like, I think people say the Bills defense is really good. Um, the Bills, like I, like the, I, the Bills pretty, defense is rated per PFF as the number one defense in football. Right. But last week, you know, Devontae Parker totally got there. Uh, and Jalen Waddell had 12 targets and like he, you know, he sucked or whatever, but he was on like the razor's edge of, of having like, you know, an abs- like the same absurd game that he had in London as like a Bills bring back. So like, and that, and and people tend to have like those binary results. Like someone's yelling at their phone right now, like, duh, you nerd. Of course, Jalen Waddle got these targets and didn't do anything. The Bills defense is good. And it's just like, I, you know, I don't, 
I just don't, I don't really care because the volume is the stuff that ends up being more important and more predictive in the end. And I would, I would counter and push back on that with one of the main reasons I didn't like the Miami offense, why I thought they would struggle last week is they can't block. They have the worst offensive line in football that yeah, just, they suck. just getting the ball to the receivers. I mean, Parker made some nice catches. It's not like he absolutely went off against the bills, uh, but Tua just didn't have time to throw. Like every time he took a two step drop back, like there was someone in his face. So just the, no matter how many times they threw, which was a bunch just the quality of those targets was going to be really bad um yeah uh yeah like the the quality of targets or, or whatever but i mean i i think jalen waddle had like the fifth most targets of any wide receiver uh in in the main slate last week and he was 5400 i think if, if memory serves me correctly so like I don't know. I'm probably just, I'm probably just buying that guy every single time, especially at his ownership and especially in the correlation, right? Because those Josh Allen, those Josh Allen teams. Uh, and I know, you know, if you had, if you happen to do, if you happen to do Beasley or whatever, as, as your guy with him last week, the, the correlation with Waddle or, or with Parker would have been really strong. Yeah. But you wouldn't have won anything. <laughs> well, you would, you would have had Jalen Waddle, converted yeah. his target yeah, you're, you're right you're right if, if the guys you used were better you would have won correct right but that's that's what i'm what i'm saying is that we we have no ability to control the efficiency for these players but we do have a better idea of their expected volume i mean two have through 39 times or whatever like they, they're just throwing so much so that was a spot i really liked last week well this is all a roundabout way of me saying that well it, it's difficult to trust in some of these numbers the one thing that i do trust in that leads to a lot of my decision making is the grading whether it's from football outsiders or pro football focus or whoever does these metrics uh is pass rush versus bad pass blocking offensive line i i just find that that especially when scouting defenses which, is going to be the, which the tends number to one. be which, tends, which to tends to be predictive week over week. Like you actually, that actually tends to be something that when you look back at the results of games and you map it out, that tends to be something that's predictive. Whereas like, you know, people do like the DVOA versus running backs or whatever. And that stuff tends to be not predictive at all for running back like fantasy points. Well, let's go back to some of these stacks for a second. Would you want any part of the Houston Miami game? Yeah, because because the Dolphins have completely abandoned running the ball. So if we get 42 a passing attempts for these really reasonable priced pass catchers against the Texans, I think he I mean, I think that they just have a clear opportunity to smash. Right. You know, because Tua over their last four games or, or last three games since he came off of the short term IR. 47 passing attempts, 40 passing attempts, 39 passing attempts. He's ran. Uh, he, he's added at least three fantasy points with his legs and every single game has rushed for, for one touchdown, had the smash against Atlanta, uh, really a smash against Jacksonville as well. And you, you know exactly who to stack with him. There are three guys you can stack with him. And there is exactly one bring back on the Houston Texans roster too. So it, it's just a very easy play to make. Yeah. Jordan Akins. But I, I forgot that you love shitty Texans pass catchers. It's like, that's like, I re, who was the guy no it was the the duke of ellington it there it was yeah yeah ellington <laughs> who was yeah, good by the way <laughs> he he got he did get there a couple times i remember but i just you just love these these 3k houston texans shitters well what's nico collins this week he's starting to like do stuff oh nico 3600 bucks Pff, all in all in 
no. So, so I would, I would, I would only use, uh, I would only use cooks. Oh, Nico did go four for uh, four targets, four reception, 55 yards last week. But what, what do you make of the Vegas giants game? That just feels very bizarre, right? So, like, one team is literally dealing with replacing a guy who killed someone. Uh, so that's gonna. I feel like that just you know kind of puts the the building in turmoil a little bit. And the Giants have like a different starting wide receiver group every week because someone gets hurt and then someone else comes in and then someone gets hurt. I, I guess they they are gonna have it, it's Slayton, Canaries, Tony, and John Ross as their guys. I don't know. I, I, I have like no interest in anyone in that game. Maybe, maybe Kadarius Tony, if, if he's going to start, because he should have the slot wide receiver job to himself now with Sterling Shepard injured, but, and, and I guess Waller too, right? Waller, Waller should see a, a, a bump in targets with no rugs. Yeah. Well, it depends on who you think takes over that rugs role as sort of the deep threat on this team. Logic would probably say it's Z- Edwards. It could be Zay Jones. Exactly. He's 3000 bucks. Like just looking at the receivers in this game, like Derek Carr is going to chuck. I don't know how healthy Jacobs is at the moment. Um, like if you kind of try to compartmentalize taking that stuff out of it, and if they're just the Raiders on paper, how are they going to play? I think the bring back of Tony makes a ton of sense. As long as it's like finger is healed, he's 5,200 bucks. Galladay might play in this game. I don't know, but like you have Renfro Waller and Derek Carr with Kadarius Tony, then you can use anyone else you want on this slate. You could pay up for a one-off. You could play Kelsey Waller double flex if you wanted to. You could pay up for two big wide receivers or two big running backs. Like, it's one of the cheaper stacks. I just, and I think you can only use one guy uh, from the bring back on the Giants. I don't think they score enough points, but they have enough if you can pick the right guy that they could be very fantasy viable. Like, Tony could have like 14 targets in this game if he's right. Yeah, I mean, I I would probably play Tony. Like, I would feel comfortable playing Tony um, as a one-off, and maybe and, you know maybe I'll be wrong, right? We got we got some bad defenses here. We have Daniel Jones has got a little bit of rushing I upside. Mean, we, Derek, but Hart but but Chuck. we but we don't because the Oakland or Oakland Vegas's defense is actually pretty good. I, I I mean, to be honest with you, I I have no way to evaluate if that's true or not. I just assume they're not very good. I mean, they they've been pretty good so far this year. Maybe it's smoke and mirrors, but just going back and looking through their games, they're like, oh, yeah, they're, they're actually pretty good at limiting the other teams because their pass rush is awesome. Uh, So they, oh, I mean, they they have, you're right, they have been very good. League-ranked defense, they are fourth in the NFL in opposing quarterbacks' net adjusted yards per attempt. So I'm wrong. They've been very good. So there you go. I, I mean, I wasn't really that interested in this game either. Like, I, I, another big thing is that, the Giants have this terrible offensive volume when games are close because that's the offense that Jason Garrett runs and they don't trust Daniel Jones, which I guess they shouldn't trust Daniel Jones. I, I just hate the New York Giants. Like I'm like the, they're just, they just disgust me. They're like my least, they're my least favorite team in the NFL. So if we're just going pure team stacks, it looks like the Bills, the Ravens, the Cowboys, and maybe bring one back from the other side. Like who's the Denver guy to bring back? You said Al O, but could it be Melvin Gordon? Like, there's one spot to get to Dallas if the game dictates it. It, it is on the ground. I mean, I I would assume I would assume Judy ends up being the best. I mean, he came back, showed showed no setbacks from the high ankle sprain. He had seven targets in the first half against the Giants in Week One before he got banged up. You know, there there certainly is a, a skill buying opportunity in Jerry Judy if you think of him as a very skilled player. I would have. 
I, you know, if I, if I had to place a wager who has the most targets on the Denver Broncos from week nine to the end of the season, I would say Judy. Um, but, but oh, oh, the problem with Akui Boonham, I mean, he is very cheap, but the problem is he is going to, he is going to reach Dan Arnold levels of ownership from last week, which is in general, not, not great. Probably. Probably not. But are we, do we know for sure that Noah Fant isn't playing? Because if he got like a double negative, I think he can play in this game. So he tested positive on Tuesday. So he has to produce two negative tests 24 hours apart. I would assume if he had one negative test, we'd, we'd know by now. I mean, maybe not. So I, I have, I, in my memory, I don't remember a guy testing positive Monday or Tuesday and coming back and playing on Sunday. Doesn't mean it hasn't happened this season. But I feel like every time we've gotten one of these positive tests on Monday or Tuesday, the guy hasn't played. Even though you're far from ordinary, the truth is that ED is really common. In fact, 52% of guys aged 40 to 70 experience some form of erectile dysfunction. So go to GetRoman.com slash Mayo now to speak to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional about erectile dysfunction and get $15 off your first month of treatment. ED is more common than most people think, and the benefits of ED treatment can help you reconnect with your partner and rediscover the joy of sex. Roman system is completely confidential and totally discreet. No big logos or labels on the packages. And with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The whole process is straightforward, convenient, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Mayo and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a U.S. licensed healthcare professional and just take care of it. So go to GetRoman.com slash Mayo today. And if you're prescribed, get $15 off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have the confidence and control this fall. Roman ready. GetRoman.com slash Mayo. Are you getting old like me? Or do you just feel like in the mornings, if you've had even like two glasses of wine or three beer, that you're not doing good anymore? Or if you go and work out, you're incredibly sore. Have you tried to play like flag football anytime recently? And then the next day, like your hips don't work to the point where walking is difficult. It's not just because you're a terrible athlete now and in horrible shape. It's also because you have no hydration. So Elevate Hydration from Beam is what you need to help yourself recover. Because when you're not hydrated, you know the feeling. Sometimes you get headaches, you have body fatigue. You just don't feel your best, and you should be feeling your best. And Elevate gives your body the electrolytes it's craving thanks to a supercharged stack of electrolytes like coconut water, pink Himalayan sea salt, sourced entirely from nature. Plus, it tastes amazing, and that is pretty awesome as well. Elevate comes in three flavors for your specific needs, but here's really the big deal. You can get them for free right now. Yeah, you want stuff for free? It's super easy. Our listeners can get a free Elevate sample pack by going to beamorganics.com slash mayo. That's B-E-A-M organics.com slash mayo to get your free sample pack. Stay hydrated, get your free stuff, and use that promo code MAYO to tell them we sent you. All right. And if you're hungover or if you're just old and out of shape and you need hydration, beamorganics.com slash MAYO is where you want to be. 
All right, let's talk one-offs at running back then, the best ways to do that. I mean, you can always play with the correlation as well. Kamara is the highest-priced running back. I just don't like Kamara with, if it's Taysom Hill, like that's that's a tough sell for me because he just doesn't pass to running backs. Uh, Yeah, but but didn't, if I remember correctly, wasn't the six-touchdown Kamara game with Taysom at quarterback? I believe it, sure, I'm pretty I, sure that's true. I believe it was, but I think in the other games that were surrounding that, Kamara wasn't all that great. At least that's my memory of the situation. I can I can I can uh, I can tell you here real quick. So he it was the game against Atlanta was the first one he started. Kamara went 13 for 45, scored a touchdown, one target, zero receptions, 11 for 54 in that Kendall Hinton game. He only played 48 percent of the snaps because they were winning by so much. Uh, the next Atlanta game. Uh, 15 for 88 on the ground, one touchdown, three targets, two receptions. And then uh, that the, the Minnesota game, 22 carries, 155 yards, six touchdowns, five targets, three receptions. That, 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 was, that was actually a Drew Brees game, by the way. It was Okay, there we go. I was wrong. Yeah, Brees started, went 19, Always happy. 19 for 26 yeah. in that game. So, uh, I, I, I mean, the, 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 thesis, the thesis behind Kamara in with Taysom would just be that they don't want to give, you know, they don't want to give Mark Ingram 20 carries or whatever. They need to win this. Like this, the, every game right now is a must win for the Saints because the Buccaneers lead the division and the wild card race is going to be so tight in the NFC. So they can't really lollygag around in any of these games. So like babying Kamara is not really a thing they could do. And, you know, 22 carries here for Kamara is in the range of outcomes. But 22 carries for Kamara just isn't getting him there. Like, he's had, what, two games over 100 yards the past two years? Like, he's just not been that effective on the ground as a yardage runner. He's scoring the touchdowns near the goal line. That's great. But if he's not catching passes, I'm not paying for him as the, as the highest price guy, especially if McCaffrey plays and he's $200 cheaper somehow. I don't care if he's limited or not or doesn't get the full snap share. I'm playing Christian McCaffrey over Elvin Kamara in that spot. And then Eckler is 7900 bucks against a terrible run defense with Philadelphia. And, I mean, Mike Williams looks like he's banged up. Keenan Allen doesn't look exactly the same. Like, Eckler seems like the play here at 79 I mean... I, I, if, if Kamara is act or if uh, McCaffrey is active, I will just be, I will just be playing Christian McCaffrey. But the, the weird thing about running back is honestly, I'm not even, and, and this has been true pretty much every week of the season in general, I'm just not that interested in these expensive running backs. I want to play expensive wide receivers and I want to play 6k running back lottery. Like that feels like the best strategy pretty much any given week. I mean, you can even look at it the other way too. Like uh, as one-offs, Elijah Mitchell didn't practice on Wednesday. He's expected to play. I mentioned the Cardinals run defense has not been all that great. If you think that this is a competitive game, Mitchell, although he doesn't do a ton of pass catching out of the backfield, 5,800 bucks, a pretty good price for a guy who could have like 24 carries in this game and have all of the goal line work. Not really sweating Jamichael Hasty too much. So I think that he's like the one-off that you can go to. I think a lot of people will go to Zach Moss at $5,300, which could be a really good play, but it could also leave you with like two points. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm 100% aligned with you on uh, Eli Mitchell, which is probably a problem, right? If you and I are both 100% lined on a play, one, that probably suggests that it's going to go terribly wrong. Uh, but also would suggest that he is going to be far too chalky for a running back who literally has not caught a pass um, for, for two games. So that's though I will say right now we have him projected at uh, 12% projected ownership, but 18% 
to be in the optimal lineup, which would mean even at 12% owned, he would still be a leverage play. I think that 12 seems about right in terms of ownership in large field GPPs, only because if you go down, Zach Moss is 5,300 bucks. You can make a pretty compelling case for Boston Scott against this terrible Chargers run defense at 5,200 bucks. And hopefully Jordan Howard doesn't steal his touchdowns and all of a sudden he's a great play. Melvin Gordon. I mean, we don't have official word that Jacobs is going to be back, thus putting Kenyon Drake at $5,100 potentially back into play as well. I mean, people might say, you know what? Melvin Gordon sucks. I'll play Javante at 48. Latavius Murray might sit again. And then you have Devonta Freeman sitting there at $4,900. I think there's enough cheap plays that you're not going to see super high ownership in like out of all the 6k guys, like who is the one that everyone's going to? I'm looking at these 6k guys and being like, eh, not really for me. I, yeah. And, and, and you didn't even cover like all of the guys who could be played, right? Daryl Williams, uh, Damian Harris, uh, Chuba Hubbard. If, if McCaffrey does not play Devonta Booker, uh, who is, who's really like, no one, no one is, as I've not heard anyone tout this guy, but Devonta Booker is just getting Saquon Barkley's workload. I mean, 93% of the snaps against Kansas city, 82% of the snaps against Carolina. No other running back is getting carries. He's had six and three targets each of the last two weeks. Like there are, there are literally probably like 15 playable running backs cheaper than 6,000, which is like crazy. Yeah. And we didn't even mention miles Gaskin who could end up with like 70% of the workload against the Texans and catch passes out of the backfield. Yeah, I mean, we have we we have Gaskin as uh you know a, a big value play. Uh, we didn't mention Chubb, who you know I would not play, but the the hand in the dirt people love to play Nick Chubb. Um, uh, I, I want to see what his. I, I want a the biggest bet I've made on a prop so far this year was Nick Chubb last week actually, and it hit within like forty seconds of the game starting. His over under receiving yards was five and a half, and he, and he only had the one catch, but. He only had one. Yeah. yeah, but it was for nine yards, so it hit. But like that just seems so low for a guy that's going to play like seventy five percent of the time. Uh, yeah, I've made I've made uh, similar. I I actually even remember when it was. It was a a Browns Jaguars Thursday night game, and it was uh Nick Nick Chubb receiving yards eight yards, and he he got it on like the first drive for like eight and a half. And that was, it was his only receptional game though. That's actually uh, a good one to keep your, to keep your eye out for when it gets posted. I'm, I'm guessing it probably opens at seven and a half this week. And then it becomes, you know, you would think that if Nick Chubb has a reception, it's probably not going to be for one yard. It's going to be for like seven or eight yards. So once you get into the seven and a half, eight and a half, then it becomes a bit more problematic in order to try to hit that cover. But I just don't understand why they don't throw to him more. Because it's the same case that people always made with Derrick Henry all these years, where it's like, oh, he can't catch, he can't catch. Then they started throwing it to him. It's like, oh, he can catch, and he's actually pretty good at it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't see any reason why, especially because they have just gotten so little playmaking out of their wide receivers, and they play – uh, they, they play, uh, I saw this tweet this week that they play 21% of their snaps at a 13 personnel. Like I just, I do not understand why they would not be throwing to Chubb more, even if, even if hunt is the receiving specialist. Wow. You need to get Harrison Bryant, some of those, uh, pass blocking reps, maybe some red zone targets and just screw everyone over because that's the fun way to play football. If you're the Cleveland Browns, we didn't talk at all about the Browns 
Bengals game. I, I think when I do the best bet show on Friday that the under in that game feels right to me, unless the running backs go absolutely mental. But it just seems like such a slow-paced, slogging game, um, at least to me. Yeah, Maybe probably, t- probably T is the only like one-off that I would that I would play from that game. I think Chase is always the one-off that you want to play because everyone at least that I've been seeing right now is like, "Oh man, T Higgins buy low." You know, it was really big on Twitter. Have you noticed this on Twitter lately that they're ever since they did the update, they will just show you like trending topics as well that like maybe that you're interested in along with your yeah, normal terrible. feed. Hate it. So I, I, I mean, it. I, I've, I've seen a lot more like other fantasy football people I didn't even know existed, which I think is a really good yeah, thing. And it's ter- no, no, it's terrible. I, I absolutely hate it. I, I, I keep those people out of my feed for a reason. I, I see some of the worst shittiest takes from these people who have like, and they get like so many favorites and so many retweets and so many interactions. And I'm like, no wonder this game is still profitable to play because you don't have a fucking clue. I would go the other way with it that I think that I found some really good people that I would never have discovered otherwise. I agree with you. There's just some absolutely like trash stuff out well, there. Well, you're 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 a better and kinder person than me then. I mean, that's true. I, I think we all know yeah. that. But yeah. I, I just saw a lot of talk about expected fantasy points this week. Uh, a lot of people like trying yeah. to victory lap their, their guys who suck from preseason, but you're like, man, but their expected fantasy points are through the roof. Like T Higgins is that guy. Here's the thing. Jamar Chase is just better. Oh, Jamar Chase is way better, but the, the expected points people are right that unless T Higgins sucks, there's going to be a big um, narrowing in their results fairly soon. Potentially, but when you look at Jamar Chase, like how often do you see T. Higgins take a two-yard slant, shake three guys, then run 80 yards for a touchdown? Never is the answer. Yeah, the, no, you are you are correct that that is, um, that is not really uh, T. Higgins' game, but T. is, you know, I mean, they're just very close in terms of uh, targets per game you know, routes. Actually, this is true. T Higgins is averaging more targets per game uh, than, than Jamar Chase. So I, I, I tend to believe that the expected points there will narrow. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong because you are right. Jamar Chase is much better. Jamar Chase is more of a value creator um, than, than T Higgins is and, and will, Probably for his entire career, Jamar Chase will will score fantasy points above expectation, and and T Higgins will probably have years where he doesn't. This might be a year where he doesn't. But the price discrepancy between them, I mean, you're getting you were getting a huge discount. Sure, I, I just I thought it was just very odd that people are trying to victory lap their bad calls based off expected points. Like I, I was, mean, I, points, I, 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 I was, are... I was actually right about this. It just, it never actually happened. DJ Moore is another one. Like you look at DJ Moore, it's like, oh, his expected points are through the roof. Yeah. But he also plays with Sam Darnold and fucking sucks. I mean, for every Sam Darnold though, there is a, a, a Brandon Cooks though situation. Like, I mean, I, I, I feel pretty good about that. Well, I'm very happy to own DJ Moore and all my fantasy teams. I don't love uh, that that caused me to not have a ton of Cooper cup. So like as a binary result, it's fine. But as the, you know, the, the optionality meant that I don't have nearly as much Cooper cup as I would like. If we go to receivers, you said you wanted to pay up this week, be it in a stack or as a one-off, who are the receivers that you'd be paying up for? Is it Debo? I mean, it's Tyreek. Like Tyreek Tyre could be 
the best price play in like DraftKings history that I can remember. I do have his ceiling being three points higher than any other receiver on this slate. Is is seventy nine hundred? Like I just do not. Is seventy nine hundred the the cheapest? He's. I mean, I guess the last time he was eight thousand, uh, he had fifty against Philadelphia. But I just. I mean, this is just one of those prices that I I look at uh, DraftKings and I'm like, what what are like what are we doing here? Like this, like I I do I don't love when really really good plays like this are like like because everyone's gonna know to play Tyreek Hill and it it just makes the slate not that fun because like a 33 percent owned Tyreek Hill is like just gonna get there and you're gonna need him to win. Then play Tyreek Hill. Seems pretty easy. I am going. I I am going to play Tyreek Hill. I might. I probably. I probably will play him on all my teams. Maybe not. I don't know. I haven't got. I haven't gotten there yet. But it just makes it makes the slate a little bit less fun because that is that's one less piece that people have to solve. Like it's just it's just total paint by numbers. Like just click Tyreek Hill in. Well, if that's the case, then that means that everyone else in the receiver from receivers from seven thousand to eighty two hundred up to Devonte Adams is probably not going to be very highly owned. Oh, Adams, Debo, Diggs, Chase, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Mike Williams. I, I mean, we're, we're, I would be – Adams maybe, but I would be legitimately shocked if any of Debo, Diggs, Chase, Jefferson, or Lamb uh, or, or Mike Williams came in above like 6%. And I think the play is Debo if you're not going to play Hill or try to play them both together because Debo, if we're talking upside, he's sort of like Jamar Chase in that way too where he can kind of score from anywhere on the field now. Uh, yeah, I mean the, the, the thing, if I, if I would put on my, my nerd hat here, I would say that, um, someone of Debo's target depth and catch rate has never sustained that for, for as long as Debo has, you know, he is, he's seeing, uh, an average depth of target. Uh, I can, I can look it up here real quick. His average depth of target is like 18 and a half yards, um, down the field. He is, uh, you know, top 10 in the NFL in uh, average, or no, it's, it's reception distance and, and catch rate. So basically either one of two things are going to happen. Either he's going to start catching his passes uh, closer to the line of scrimmage, or he's going to stop catching so many passes. Yeah, but one he, of, but, but, but he does catch a lot of passes close to the line of scrimmage. He really only runs two types of routes, bubble screens, bubble screens and goes. <laughs> Right. And it, the, basically, basically, if he stops hitting on one go per game, then his statistical profile changes a lot. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to uh, to FUD to FUD Debo Samuel. It's just like his his usage profile is not as rock solid as Diggs and, and Chase particularly. Yeah, but Diggs is just straight up not been good this year. He really, he really hasn't. I mean, it's uh, every week Diggs is like the buy low. He's got one 100 yard game. He's got three touchdowns on the year. He's like, like Stefan Diggs is now like, uh, uh, you know, we have, we have Deandre Hopkins at home and it's, it's Stefan Diggs. Any six K guys you would go to, would you go to DJ Moore? Would you go to Brendan cooks or is it Marcus or Marquise Brown at 6,000 is the guy. I will very likely be playing um, DJ Moore as a one-off on, on several teams. Uh, Marquise Brown is definitely the best of, of this range. You, you gotta be pretty worried about what his ownership will be, especially because Lamar projects as the highest owned quarterback. Um, we have Marquise Brown for uh, actually not that bad. We have him for 6% right now. So at 6%, 
Uh, I, I'm not stressed about that at all. So it's, it'd be DJ Moore and, and Marquise Brown for me yeah. here. Uh, in the current iteration of the projections that runthesims.com, uh, Hollywood Brown is the fourth highest points per dollar receiver on the board right now. Uh, the highest being $5,100. Uh, your boy Odell doesn't seem like he's going to be playing no more. Jarvis Landry, 5100 bucks. I mean, if he can score a touchdown, we're golden. Yeah, I mean... So I guess for me, that's just like a, a play I don't make all that often, but it, it's totally legitimate. But, you know, I, I think like Devonta Smith, Kadarius Tony, uh, Christian Kirk with AJ Green on the COVID list, like all of those guys do look at uh, Jerry Judy, you know, all, all look like better one offs. But I, I would, of course, not say that that Jarvis Landry is a bad play. And, you know, he, he I mean, he basically is uh like like Julian Edelman, you know, he just gets all of those dink and dunks around the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and he, and he's prone to have a rushing touchdown, potentially a passing touchdown. They use him in a lot of gadget ways as well. He has a lot of different avenues to score touchdowns, and really that's what I'm looking for is, is am I going to find someone with volume, and do they have the ability to score multiple touchdowns in a game? I think that he does. Uh, the other two that I really like right now, Hunter Renfro at $4,800. I like Renfro every single week. He only has one game this season with fewer than five catches, which is kind of insane uh and you'd yeah think, wild you'd think that he'd be a bigger part of this passing game as of now uh, at 4800 that seems like a pretty good value to me that may be more of like a cash play but i do think that he can score potential multiple touchdowns here if they don't go to waller or moreau in the red zone it does seem like renfro is the guy uh if they're like more than five yards away from the goal line so if they're five yards away from the goal line they're just running the ball uh, if there's anything outside of that uh, that renfro could be the guy who's left alone in the slot quez Watkins. I think is probably a better play than Devonta Smith this week. If you're going to take a shot on an Eagles guy, I don't love pass that just because he's so much cheaper and there's no Riker. He's going to play like 90% of the snaps. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, am not on board with that, but I, I mean, I get the, I get the logic, but I, I Devonta Smith just gets a lot of targets. Like he, like there you're, you're, you're not questioning um, that. I, I know he got, he got no targets against the Eagles because they, uh, they didn't need to, but his, his target volume has been, pretty uh, uh un- unassailable and and quez i mean quez just looks like a very average player to me also that's part of it i mean everyone that entire offense looks like a minor league football offense and you just you it's, hope it's you, really, you, it's you really hope to pretty hit bad it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's really not very good poor 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 eagles so i hate you, them too so, so you cares? said you said christian kirk he's 53 higgins is 53 obviously you love him Brian Edwards, 4,100. Could that be a one-off you need salary savings? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that one, that one feels, that one feels pretty good. I feel like, by the way, people are going to have the wrong response to AJ Green um, going on the COVID list, which is everyone's going to get excited about, uh, you know, everyone's going to get excited about Rondell Moore, who like probably will not play any more snaps, to be honest. It'll probably just be uh, it'll probably just be Kirk moves outside, doesn't play in the slot at all. And they play some of this Antoine Wesley fella who came in and was playing over DeAndre Hopkins last week. Trying to find it now. Cause I don't know if he's, he's back at practice. I don't know if he's playing for sure. Let's see the Rams. That's what they played last week. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm not going to do it. You're going to be proud of me that I'm not going to play Danny Amendola this week. I, I mean, I really, I didn't know where that was going to go, but once you got there, I was like, yeah, of course, of course it's Danny Amendola, who is uh, still Danny Amendola, though he does have five targets 
uh, for three yards and for 17 yards in each of the Houston Texans' most two recent games. That's pretty good. I'm not going to lie to you. That's excellent. Are you going to play Robbie Anderson? Are you in? Are you on the Leone ship of playing Robbie Anderson no. every week? No. No. Like, there's a difference between, like, T. Higgins would be a good example of a player who you can look at the expected points, you can look at the snaps, you can look at the volume and be like, that guy is going to positively regress. Why, why people hate the expected points and the analytics shit is because of guys like Robbie Anderson, where the models will tell you, you know, the volume has been good. Robbie Anderson has been good in the past. Like, dude, I just am like, this guy sucks. This guy is averaging 6.3 DK points per game, despite all these targets. Like I'm out like DJ, DJ Moore uh, hasn't been good for fantasy in three weeks. Why am I, why am I playing Robbie Anderson? Like, absolutely not. Yeah, so I think if you're not going to stack or pay up, uh, I do like the Debo instead of Hill, or if you can play them together, potentially go that route because of all the value running backs. Landry, Renfro, Hollywood Brown, Kadarius Tony, I think would be kind of the four one-off guys that I try to mix and match in, and they're all in that mid-range level. Quez Watkins as an upside guy. The only reason I say that because he's 3800 bucks. Like, if you have to save money, of all the 3 k guys, feel like he probably has the most upside. Uh, let's see here. Let me, let me look and see if I can find, uh, a, a shitter lineup, uh, a shitter, a shitter guy lineup for someone. I mean, Quez is our best guy. Hard, hard, Hardman so or Valdez Scantling. Like they're, uh, they're both at 39 yep. and 37. Like they're the type of all three of those guys are the big play guys. Like when you used to laugh at me for playing Ted Ginn all the time, but he would be 25 points or zero points. And those guys feel like the same. Yeah, I mean Pringle too. Pringle played more snaps than uh, yeah, but Pringle, he, but what? But, but but Pringle's upside is like three for thirty-seven and a touchdown, which I know would get you there. That's not really what you want out of the three K guy. I'd rather have the John Rosses of the world who are just going to run go routes all game, and maybe he'll get open. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I just Pringle played the second most snaps, second most snaps amongst Chiefs wide receivers last week, so that um, like John- I, I, I will, I will, I'll probably toss him in. I'll probably toss him in. Uh, in a few, the other guy who's very important to note is if Gallup returns from his calf injury this week, he is 3,900. Amari Cooper, whose name we haven't even mentioned yet, is going to be stone cold chalk, and Gallup is is great leverage on him. That is, I mean, John Ross at 3,200, depending on how, if Gall if Galladay sits, he's going to start on the outside. That's not the craziest play in the world. Like he does get his down the field shots every single week. He's thirty two hundred bucks. I was trying to find him. Where is Tajay Sharp? How much is he? I think he's, he's thirty four hundred. He's, he's forty two. That's too much. Oh man, old 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 Pat would have touted forty nine hundred dollar Russell Gage coming off of a zero target game. I don't like Russell Gage. Oh, you're I well. All right, that that is a, an unfair mischaracterization of me. I think the Russell Gage drafters are the worst fantasy football players on earth, um, and they're you know they're they're reaping what they've sowed. Hey, listen, this so is I just, this, I love this to is get that. this is from someone who tried to play like tried to have it both ways with like modified zero RB. It took Mike Davis as my first running back in like the sixth round in, in a like league. So don't listen to what I have to say. <laughs> Don't listen. Don't listen to anyone. Follow your heart. If you like Russell Gage, play Russell Gage. Tight ends uh, outside of stacks. You mentioned Albert O. No Noah Fant. That just seems like twenty six hundred bucks is just yeah points per dollar. I think he's the best. And and Albert O. is Albert O. Unlike Dan Arnold, Albert O. is like actually good and can like move and is fast. So like I, I I I. 
I we we do joke about these punt tight ends, but Alberto could like legitimately get twenty here. Like most punt most punt tight ends cannot, but I Alberto can. And his, his team's going to be chucking the whole game too. Yeah, the only like pivot off of him I could potentially see would actually be Jordan Akins if Farrell Brown misses the game again because he just he continues to see a bunch of targets and the way that you attack Miami is at the middle of the field not on the outside of the field where all of their good players are you want really want to focus in on the slot corners and linebackers who just get absolutely pummeled every single game and if Jordan Akins is going to be running that many routes like he has been the past two weeks I mean he's not as good of a play obviously as Albert O is going to be he doesn't have the same upside but you could he would have to score a touchdown but you could get like a six for 67 and a touchdown out of him potentially in this game yeah uh i i think one of the green bay tight ends maybe you know for for really doing this mercedes lewis josiah daguerra yeah but mercedes lewis just never gets any targets like his his legit upside is like two catches for nine yards and two touchdowns and a touchdown yeah like that's it like he can't do any Um, if he doesn't score a touchdown he's legit getting you no points Correct. Yeah, that is that is. And, and even if but he gets, I mean, the, but, the but, 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 but even if he gets so it, but even if he gets a touchdown, he's not really helping you all that much. <laughs> I mean, he might be. So if if Alberto throws up an air ball, right? If if Alberto has two catches for seventeen yards, you know, picking a Jordan Akins, a Tommy Tremble, a Mercedes Lewis, a David and Joku who gets ten, however they get it, can actually be pretty useful because. The tight end position is so bad this week. So we have Kelsey, who is obviously the best play and who's going to be underplayed. Waller, who's really strong. Pitts, who doesn't project that well, um, but you know, obviously has that upside. And then I, I and then Andrews and then Kittle. Kittle maybe is interesting if he comes off the IR actually at fifty two hundred. Yeah, no, but, Kittle would be super interesting. I just don't think that he's going to come off the IR because his ownership would be like zero, and he's a cheap price, and he, he probably won't. We probably won't know until at least Friday, and then a lot of he'll just be. A, we everyone's recorded their shows already. If people are starting to watch now, smart people will end up playing him, and hopefully that turns out well. I'm out on Pitts with Ridley out. Just teams can take him away. That's their only weapon besides. I mean, and and the Saints and the Saints deep and the Saints defense is really good, but I mean I don't know. I will I will probably toss in some Pitts if he is. Uh, let's see here. We have Kyle Pitts projected for five percent ownership yeah but where are you getting that where 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 are you getting that 5900 from in your lineup to play kyle pitts like i i would get if you specifically constructed lineups around travis kelsey but to find six grand for pitts when you want to pay up at the at wide receiver like what are we doing all right let's just let's just make a a fake a fake little team here let's go dak let's go jerry judy let's go tyreek hill and let's go amari cooper uh, we'll put in, we, we said pits, we got pits at tight ends. Um, what we both like Elijah Mitchell, right? Yeah. Let's go Elijah Mitchell and, uh, we'll go, we'll go miles Gaskin here and we'll put in the, uh, Browns defense with Browns. Is that fine? Browns defense. Punt? Sure. Yeah. Go, go with the Browns. Sure. I, I, I have better and, punts, and we, but sure. Sure. I mean, it doesn't matter for this exercise. And then our, our flex is just, uh, yeah. And it's not great, but it's, it's one of these, you know, shitty wide receivers we talked about, you know, Agnew, um, someone like that. So I guess what you, what you would want to do ideally for this team actually is 
you would play Gallup perhaps with Dak or something. But yeah, your 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 point is well taken, which is that it's hard to play Kyle Pitts well, in a reasonable way. Especially because you have Albert O there as the logical bring back, especially in that stack you're talking about. So you get rid of so just keep that lineup open. Get rid of Judy, get rid of Pitts, put Albert O in at tight end. What are we dealing with now? And how much better is that team? Well then then you're probably wanting to play CeeDee Lamb for the ownership discrepancy. Maybe, or you can play Austin Eckler or McCaffrey or whoever. <laughs> yeah, and then you can play you can play Chubaber, Damian Harris, Marquise Brown at Flex or whatever. Yeah. I, I just feel like that lineup is better. That lineup is better if Okui Boonham gets ten. That lineup is, you know, obviously a lot worse if Kyle Pitts is three percent owned and gets twenty seven. I mean, 27 is a big ask. I'm, I'm looking at the ceiling projection for Kyle Pitts right now. It's 25 points. <laughs> I mean, Kyle Pitts got 26 against Miami and 30 against the Jets. Yeah. Like, he can clearly do it. Yeah. You know who he's not playing this week? Someone in the AFC East. <laughs> That's true. Man, what a terrible... What a, how, how lucky is Buffalo that they are just in this shit division? Well, it's really tough to figure out how good Buffalo actually is because I think that they're really good, but going into the... Like, it's tough because Josh Allen is still, I think, the favorite right now at DraftKings Sportsbook to win MVP. But we're going to get to the playoffs and people aren't going to be sold on the Bills despite all their numbers checking out. Like they might be the one or two seed going into it. It's like, oh, they played this off schedule. And people could be right that they're not legit. And it's going to be hard to know. But there could be some value on the Bills that people are underrating them because of the competition that they've had to play. It's like, do we are we underrating Dallas because they play against the shit teams of the NFC East? No, not really. People yes, are, people Dallas, are, da- Dallas is the best team in the NFL, and I don't think that's a very popular opinion. I don't think that Dallas is the best team in the NFL, but that's me. See, you're underrating them. I see. I would think that th- I actually think right now, as currently constructed with like with injuries being what they are, that the Rams are probably the bad. The Rams or the Bucks are probably the well, best two teams. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the Rams are the Rams are very good. I don't know. Does it, it doesn't it feel like we're we're all waiting for the rug to be pulled with the Rams in some degree? It's like it's like it's like no one wants to believe that the Rams are actually this good, which I guess is I kind of reflective of my opinion. Well, I think that there are two things that people are waiting for. I think one is that that they're just going to have this like slip up and lose to a really terrible team that and that Kansas City is just going to go undefeated for the rest of the year. People are just waiting for that to happen. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen, man. I am I am stressed about the Chiefs. They 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 really suck right now. I mean, that Giants game, I know they won, but that that's probably the most depressed I've ever been watching the Chiefs. I can see that. So like uh, it was, it that was a more depressing game than the Titans game because like, at least the Titans were playing well, like, like the, you're like, well, shit. I mean, sometimes the team just beats you, but the giants were like doing everything wrong and still could have won that game. If we look at other tight ends, like Goddard at 45, I actually think is a pretty good play. If Waller, yeah. if Waller doesn't go Moreau is obviously the best play on the slate at 3000 bucks. I think. Uh, oh, totally. Uh, and you and makes makes double line makes double tight end lineups um, a real thing. But yeah, if Waller if Waller does not go with Derek Carrier on the uh, the IR still, I mean Foster Moreau played every snap for the Las Vegas Raiders before their bye week. He he would be he would be an incredible play. Uh, defenses. I'll make this easy for you. Use the Raiders or use the Texans. Done. I, I have no I have no issue with this analysis. I also think the Chiefs defense uh, at what to you know two percent ownership in these tournaments or whatever because Jordan Love apparently was so bad in in practice 
for the Packers last year that he was behind Tim Boyle. So <laughs> I, I, I think there's a real chance that, that Jordan Love comes out and, and just sucks it up. Now, of course, we run the risk of the Packers just trying to run the ball 40 times, but if the Chiefs offense uh, looks anything like the Chiefs offense of, of your they could be down, you know, in a 21 to zero hole real quick. Yeah. I don't like them. I, I don't like the chiefs defense this week because of those two things. One, they can't get to the passer whatsoever um, at all at yeah. all. And I would expect them to be facing a lot of both rushing attempts and very short passing quick attempts, which are not conducive to sacks or picks unless it's just wildly uh, missed thrown, which even Jordan. Lovich. It's it's a bet. It's a bet on the offense. That's a, it's, it's your, you're basically, if you're playing the chiefs, defense you're saying the offense is able to get up by so much that that Jordan Love has to go out and make mistakes I would say the Texans are the better play because fewer people are going to they play are the, they're going to no, put fewer are, fewer, fewer people are going to play the Texans and play the Chiefs you're they're going up against the worst pass blocking offensive line in football with a team that all of a sudden is passing way above expectations so if you can face 40 to 45 Tua passes in a game where no one can block for them. That sounds pretty good. And if you just go look at their pass rush, like the past three weeks, it's like top 10 in the league. All of a sudden, the Texans are getting to the quarterback a little bit, which is enough against the Dolphins. Apparently, yeah, apparently they have like some some good young pass rushers or whatever. I mean, God forbid, I don't know anyone on the Texans roster, but I, I saw some real football guys tweeting about that the other day. And then if you just take if you take the biggest discrepancy between pass rush and offensive line this week, the Raiders have the number one pass rush in football. The Giants have the third worst pass blocking offensive line. So just do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I'm looking here at at someone else who might be. Am I, I mean, if if Colt McCoy or Chris Strebler starts for the Arizona Cardinals, the San Francisco 49ers defense is going to be quite the play. Do we know if Trent Williams is playing this week? See, what is he? A, he's a tackle, right? That is correct. Uh, I don't, I don't know who that he plays for. He plays for San Francisco. Uh, according to. He, he did not practice yesterday. So the one thing that I, the, the Cardinals are a very bad run defense, but they harass the passer. And the 49ers offensive line has been brutal without Trent Williams on it as being one of the best offensive linemen in left tackles in football that maybe you could get away with the Cardinals defense. Although I think that they're expensive, aren't they? Let's see, where are they at? Um, they, yeah, they, they are. Yeah. They are, they are 3,400. The other one I would potentially think about as good leverage, I don't think it's a great play, but the Ravens defense uh, at 3,000 bucks, Minnesota can't block for the life of them. They can score points, but they, I'm not too worried about that, that if all of a sudden Baltimore's defense can get a score, then, you know, Lamar being the highest owned quarterback on the slate, you can take some leverage off of him just by using the Ravens defense at 3000 bucks. I much prefer the Raiders for $100 less, but I can understand why people would want to do that. I mean, hell, if you have the money, pay for the Saints at 3700 bucks. Like, that's going to be just right in 10 points into your defense spot for the Saints defense. But if they don't score a touchdown, it's probably not going to be more than that. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you haven't, you haven't tried to, uh, to talk people into the Patriots defense against Sam Darnold. They were too expensive for me. It's just too pricey. It's, it's yeah. 4,100 bucks. Like it's, I, I think it makes a lot of sense, obviously, but I'm just not paying that. I'd rather pay for the bills defense at 4,000. If I was going to pay up, like just give me guys against shitty Trevor Lawrence. That's I mean, the, and the bills defense is good, right? That's what we just said. Yeah, like if we're just looking at pure pass rush, uh, I mean, you could potentially get away with the E. Like, 
I'm I super locked that game in. That's a game that I have the most money on this week is the Chargers. I actually just I could have bet the minus one for minus I bet the minus one minus one ten. I don't understand how they're they're not one and a half point favorites in Philadelphia. Like that line makes no sense to me. Uh, maybe it's because I consider the Chargers to be a good team and the Eagles to be a bad team, and maybe I'm just completely. Oh yeah, I, com- I did. I did the same thing, but. But here's the thing. Don't you feel like every time that, that you're like, oh, this line is way off, don't you feel like you just get owned by something you didn't expect? Uh, potentially. And maybe it's just that I've overrated how good that the Chargers are. But I just, I, it, the Eagles are the Broncos. That, of the, I mean, the Eagles are the Broncos of the NFC. They are going to lose that to is, any team that is good, and they're going to beat any team that's bad. That is that is a real thing. Um, with, with I mean, both things you just said are true, where the Eagles are going to smoke bad teams and lose to good teams, but also, you know, the, the 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 media, the big big mainstream media, fell in love with the Chargers after like four weeks, which they always do. One of the most predictable storylines in the NFL is that the Chargers will start out well, then start to suck and get hurt. Um, you know, that's that's just what like what what once I heard. Once I heard people debating, you know, would you rather have Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 years? I was like, well, let's, let's, uh, let's, we all know what's coming for the Chargers after that. Well, if you, if you tuned into Wednesday's show, you would hear a case being made that Mike White is actually better than Justin Herbert. Well, I mean, shout out, shout out. I, I, I have like, um, like the the jet stuff that comes from him is so delusional that I'm like either worried about his mental health or or th- have to think that he's in on the bit at this point because for someone to seriously believe the things about the jets that he believes would would make him so divorced from reality that I would question everything else in his life like it, it's it's so weird I watch the games with him now every single Sunday and it is just a, like he's so irrationally happy when they do something well and just so down when things don't go exactly in the most perfect way possible that it's not a bit like he just he rides the emotional roller coaster of the chats it's really bizarre I it is it is very bizarre I don't understand it because when my teams are bad when the teams that I like are bad I just I I I cordon myself off emotionally so they can't they can't hurt me anymore um, so I don't, I don't understand living and dying with like the third worst team in the NFL. So here's the case that I'll make for the chargers and potentially even the chargers offense in this game. Like I said, I love Eckler. That's probably the spot that I'm going to use on this team, but look at the schedule they played like Cowboys, Chiefs, Raiders, Browns, Ravens, Patriots. We all consider those to be pretty good teams, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with, I'm with this take with you on the, on the chargers. So you, you might be, I mean, their pass rush, the Eagles pass rush is good. Their pass defense, their run defense, very bad, at least per the numbers. So maybe you can use some Eckler and just get sort of like fake McCaffrey upside from that. And like the Cardinals defense would be the only other defense outside of, I would probably rank them Raiders in terms of value. Raiders, Texans, Ravens, and where are they? The cards are 3,400. That's a lot of money. I'd, I'd probably just find money for the Saints at that point or the Bills. And I'm not going to do that, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Cowboys? I just never, Cowboys D? I mean, uh, Teddy Teddy has been turning the ball over and been eating some sacks. I just never pay up for defenses. Like I, I think, I mean that that one week where where DK mispriced the Cardinals, I did. But pretty much every week, I'm just playing one of the twenty five hundred dollar or less defenses. The only time that I pay up for defense is when the Patriots play a rookie quarterback. That's it, and it usually works out really well. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's like Bill Belichick's whole thing, right? Is he just destroys these rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, like we, in, in week two, people didn't play the Patriots defense. I know they were expensive against Zoomer Zach, and it was like, what are we doing here? Like, he, this is going to be yeah. a horrible Zoomer game. Zach. I feel like you would like Zuber uh, Zach. Yeah. I mean, he's out from eating Tide Pods right now. But. No, no, he's he's such a loser, dude. You think I'd like a you think I'd like a, a Mormon kid who looks like he's sixteen? I mean, why would you can? I, I didn't realize you had such a hate on for Mormon people, Davis. No, he's just a like I just everything about Zach Wilson seems weird. Like ever like I I've I've yet to see one moment of him being like cool or authentic or genuine. Like it's all it's all weird. He sucks at football. He was like one of the most overrated prospects and overdrafted prospects. Like why, why would you, I, I'm a little offended. You think I'd like Zach Wilson, who's like a weirdo and has a weird uh, like mom who thinks she's like 27 weird, weird stuff with Zach Wilson. I, I just don't think that he's any good. I hope Mike White is good though. I think it's good for my show. And I, I want to, I want to see the internal struggle that comes in. Cause he cuss was all in on zoomer Zach. But now he's like, well, maybe Mike White is Tom Brady. So who knows? I mean, it could be it could be with the greatest AFC East backup quarterback story of all time. Maybe we'll see. I mean, the the Jets unlocked Brady 20 years ago. Maybe the Patriots unlocked Mike White right now. I mean, I just tend to think Mike White's running really hot on on checkdowns. I think it's pretty unlikely he's good. I mean, I think it's like 45% of his passes have gone to Ty Johnson and Michael Carter. That, that generally uh, is is not a recipe for success for NFL offenses. I mean, it's essentially what Tua does, except Jalen Waddle runs running back routes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying Tua is, should be like winning MVP. I just it's it's good for it's good for DFS. All right, that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Playing the listeners league, what do you got going on? What's what does this, when does the Swolecast come out Friday night? Swolecast uh, should be should be live right now. Wednesdays yeah. we got we got the Take Cast, Sports Grid, Fantasy Football Podcast, all that good stuff. DailyRoto.com for all the projections, the optimizers. You guys, you guys know the drill. I enjoyed your discussion with Pizzola a few weeks ago. Pizzola will be on my show tomorrow. He is every Friday. But I thought that was a good one. Sharp fella. Yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed talking with him. He's a he's a sharp guy. I love I love talking with people who uh, are, are very serious about what they do. I enjoy it too, because as most, I mean, maybe people don't know. It's like Pizzola wins the most. Like he's the only real sports better that we have on Mayo Media Network who like professionally does it. But when he comes oh, on the show, wins. he gives like the worst yeah. picks. It's hilarious. And Cam just crushes him every week. It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's what we say. It's what we say is uh, tremendous content when you can have a winning sports better giving losing picks. And then having me and Cam giving out winning picks against him, which is just not how it actually works in reality. But it's uh, it's it's all for it's all for the people. The people the people like it. It's it's all good. Yeah, I mean, Pozzola is a very a very sharp guy and also very entertaining. Sometimes people who are very intelligent have a hard time being entertaining, and he doesn't have that problem. No, I think it's just he. I mean, he comes from it's it's really weird. Like. The old score radio network had Gabe and Cam as like the main hosts of like the nighttime stuff and like Feinberg worked there, Pozzola worked there. And there's like three other guys who are also super hilarious. It just, I feel like everyone has got a part of that culture and just learned how to do entertaining content. Well, I mean, that, that's kind of is how those things work. Like people who all learn something together and then branch out. Like, it's like, it's like a, like good seasons of SNL, right? Good seasons versus bad seasons of SNL. You can you can always tell uh, afterward, you know, what what was going on in that room. 
All right. Oh, looks like Debo Samuel is now hurt. Great. He didn't practice Wednesday. He didn't practice Wednesday last week either. Okay, good. Let's see. No, it just says, uh, let's see. I don't know. I just, I, I, I sometimes worry about calf injuries. As long as he's active, I'm good with playing him. I just keep an eye on him. That's all I'll say. Keep an eye, always keep an eye out for the leg injuries. Yeah, playing the listeners league link this week or league this week. I'm in. When it's posted, I'm in. I will be in the listeners league this it's, week. It's already posted. You just go to Wednesday's show and find the link if you really want to. All right, there we go. I mean, I'm literally going to go do it right now. Uh, sub to the newsletter as well. That's down in the description. Runthesims.com slash mayo. Sub to the network. Follow Davis on Twitter at Davis Matic. You can follow me at the PME. I do the free Millionaire Maker ticket giveaway every single Wednesday at noon Eastern time. If you want to try to get one of 50 tickets into the Millionaire Maker, all of Kashi is a retweet. So you should probably go do that. If you're, look- if you're looking for some free tickets, why not, right? Anyway, I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. We did notice the moment we stopped recording, we forgot to do the shitter guy lineup. We got to build a lineup. Well, we're taking a shit on Saturday, Sunday morning at, or I guess Sunday afternoon, like 1245 Eastern time. There's a few spots left in the Millie Maker right now, Davis. We need to build a lineup to get in. Who are we taking? So we, we all, you, shitter guy always starts with his quarterback, right? Correct. And it's so Lamar Jackson. I, yeah. You are you are correct. Lamar Jackson is is the guy. Does that mean I, I guess people will know about Albert O this week, right? Shitter guy, shitter guy. If he's watched one one minute of free content this week, he knows to play Albert O. Okay, so Albert O is in. Lamar Jackson is in. So I guess that makes Hollywood Brown. Do we go Hollywood Brown or Bateman as the guy to put with Lamar Jackson? Do you think shitter guy would do? So one thing, well, okay, they removed the red Q from Bateman. Shitter guy never plays the guy with the red Q next to his name, but I still think it's Hollywood Brown. So Hollywood Brown is one of the receivers. You said Amari Cooper is going to be like ultra chalk, right? Stone chalk, yeah. So we'll go Cooper and Hollywood Brown, throw those two guys in. Where are you at? Marquise Brown, Amari Cooper. All right, we got 5,600 5, left. You think for sure, you think Tyreek's going to be that popular? Yes. Okay. You, you see, dude, he, he, everyone just watched him get 19 targets on, on Monday night. Okay. So that leaves us with $5,100 left for two running backs, a flex and a defense. So, so shitter the, guys definitely playing Elijah Mitchell. Is Elijah Mitchell going to be a, you said 12% ownership. Yeah. Shitter guy. So right now, I feel uh, like shitter guys, shitter guy is playing Zach Moss is who, who they're playing. You think? I mean, I I don't feel we have we have uh, Alvin Kamara, Eli Mitchell, Austin Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott, Josh Jacobs, and Dalvin Cook as the running backs projected above ten percent ownership. But that that's going to change for sure because Dalvin will not be that. So that that will definitely change. All right, we'll go with Elijah Mitchell at fifty eight. Who is the other running back? Do we put in Boston Scott, Melvin Gordon, Zach Moss? Like they're all potentially in play here. I feel like I feel like shitter guy is in is into Zach Moss. All right, so we'll throw in Zach Moss. Let's pick a defense. Who is like the the chalky defense that isn't super expensive? Uh, I feel like the the Panthers maybe. I don't know. Dude, I, I I'm I can't get I can't get into I can't get into shitter guy's head with the defense. I, that that I can't I can't do. I feel like it's going to be the Saints. Saints D thirty seven hundred bucks. Not the most expensive. No Calvin Ridley. Good defense. Just it tracks. And then we can do fifty seven hundred dollars. So 
we could do double tight end with Mark Shitter guys not doing double. No, tight Shitter end. guy is most definitely not doing double tight end. So we got Daryl here, I who I think is a really strong play. I don't know if Shit, uh, Shitter guy remembers Derek Gore scoring the rushing touchdown on Monday night though. Um, uh, does Shitter guy go? Does Shitter guy go? Cole Beasley maybe. Oh, that actually seems pretty good, especially now that everyone's yeah. back on after Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't know if you, I don't know if you can necessarily quantify what he said was a lie about being vaccinated, but it seemed misleading what he had said. Now people are like pro Cole Beasley. It's like at least he had the guts to say that he was unvaxed. Honestly, honestly, I never thought that would be my take, but at least Cole Beasley is 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 enough to like him. Like Kirk Cousins and Cole Beasley are like, if I die, I die. You know, Rod, like Rod, I feel like what Rodgers did is so slimy. Yeah, I, I completely agree. At least with Cole Beasley, he had the integrity to tell you where he stood. Yeah, like no one, no one uh, is questioning. No one is questioning where Cole Beasley stands on on any of this. But Rod, I mean, Rodgers is is Rodgers the weirdest guy who's ever been an NFL, like a popular NFL quarterback? Like what a weird, weird person Aaron Rodgers is. I know. And I, I was reading the story of yesterday about how like Shailene Woodley makes her own soap and toothpaste. <laughs> just weird stuff. Yeah. And they have like Chris crystals all over their house. Like just, just weird, weird stuff going on there. Yeah. Well, you need to get, you need to get your chi right. Uh, if you're going to persevere in life, Davis. I guess right. Like that sounds like a another MLM scam. That like the, the same people that I see pushing crystals and essential oils on my Facebook feed are all people who are like caught up in pyramid schemes. Yes, which is what essential oils are. But I mean, if you're at the top of a pyramid scheme, like Aaron Rodgers probably would be, then it's probably a good, pretty good payday. You get paid in Bitcoin. Yeah, Rodgers, Rodgers getting in. It's which is so it's you know, he does the Bitcoin giveaway and then he 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 comes out as the essential oils guy. The the Bitcoin community really has been bumming me out like the last 6 months. Really? That that's a such a opposite zag for you. Yeah, they they're really just bumming me out like the the big like real real Bitcoin people, they hate NFTs. They're, you know, they're like you know they just they're like well you're getting scammed it's not worth like you know it's just it's i don't know like uh, the bitcoin was like amazing and everyone was so productive and helpful and stuff in like 2015 and now i just feel like everyone's toxic and angry and it's just it's it's a very tough scene for the bitcoin people they they do not like um they do not like feeling irrelevant in the crypto space for sure well, it seems like everything that people said about Bitcoin in order to drag it down, this is a scam, this is fool's gold, everything is just what Bitcoin people say about NFTs now. Yes, yes, which which I find I find uh, incredibly hypocritical. And what what it's become is now people are are negatively attacking other things, whether it be you know the U.S. dollar, whether it be Ethereum, whether it be NFTs. Like they, it's all it's all negative energy about other things instead of you know, the, the positive things that, that exist about, about Bitcoin and about what Bitcoin can do, which is just, it's just a huge bummer. Cause I don't, it's not the, not the energy I would prefer to occupy myself with. Experience! Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.